Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. This episode is brought to you by Tidio, the highest rated live chat software on Shopify. Tidio helps Shopify merchants gain and retain more customers with personalized shopping experiences and automates up to 47% of recurring questions. Increase customer satisfaction and sales with personalized shopping experiences. Visit Tidio.com slash WWS to find out more and start using Tidio Premium with a discount exclusively for winning with Shopify listeners. Now over to your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. First time here, welcome. It's brilliant to have you with us um, and great to have you listening into the show. If you like what you hear and you want to tune in more, check out our new Instagram page. It's not technically new, but we started using it again. So check out Instagram. Um, make sure you follow us on LinkedIn if you're a business as well and use LinkedIn a lot. And also the best thing to do is however you're listening to this right now, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review if the platform you're listening on, because we have lots of platforms. Um, if it will allow you to leave us a review, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you absolutely hate it, give us one stars and tell us. Tell us why and we'll try and fix that. If you absolutely love it, please hit that five star. It helps other people find the show. And our main mission here is to support as many Shopify merchants as we possibly can. Today, as you've probably seen, we've got a very exciting series kicking off now, which we're calling the Customer Success Series. So we're going to be talking about how do you get more success from your customers. We've obviously been talking about retention for the last few months, but now we're going to be talking about how do you actually engage with your customers and get more from them, make your customers excited and a whole range of other things. I don't want to spoil too much because we're going to come into that in a minute. This month is going to be sponsored by a company called Tidio, as you might have seen in the title. Go and check them out. They've got some really cool customer service tools, customer experience tools for you guys to actually talk to your customers and work with them better. We're going to find out more about that today because we've got a very special guest from Tidio themselves. His name's Marius and he is the Chief Customer Officer at Tidio. So Marius, welcome to the show. Hey Nick, thank you. Happy to be here. Great stuff. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you on the show. And as we ask all of our guests, why don't you give us a quick overview to yourself and tell us a bit about Tidio as well. Yeah, sure. So as you said, I'm the Chief Customer Officer here at Tidio. I have about 10 years of experience in customer success and customer experience. So you're going to see me kind of circling back to customer success from my software as a service background and kind of jumping into e-commerce and uh, maybe noticing the differences, right? Customer success is quite developed in software as a service, not as developed in e-commerce. But there are many things that our clients do right and uh, that I've seen people do right. So I'm excited to talk about that and maybe nerd out about it a bit. And I'm also based in Romania, so we have a kind of a global team with uh, our HQ in Poland. I'm based in Romania, but we have team members all over the world. And uh, yeah, I can tell you more about it. Amazing, amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out more about the platform and also unfolding some of your experience as well. So I guess that the first big question I really want to start with is customer success. I mean, that you could relate that to almost any part of certainly running a Shopify store and running a business. So what are we talking about? What are some of the things that are involved in, in customer success? Yeah, no, I mean, it's even going beyond the buzzword, right? Customer success is a big problem within uh, uh, the industry, within customer support, customer success. Is it just a buzzword? Is it more than that? And uh, to me, it's, it's kind of simple, right? It's really identifying what your customers are looking for, what are their needs, and going a bit beyond what you normally would do to help them succeed, right? So can you really get to the bottom of it and uh, get them to be more successful than they would be on their own? 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, it sounds sounds like a, a very all-encompassing, isn't it? It's everything from who you target in the first place, how they find you, what they do on the website, right the way through to how we're going to get them to buy a thousand times from us, um, which obviously a thousand is a lot. They'd be very, very, very happy if we all got a thousand sales from every uh, every customer. Um, but where, where do you start then? What's kind of step one? Is it is it starting to do a bit of profiling, looking at your target market, uh, talk to your customers and find out who's coming in the door in the first place? Yes. So it is a bit of segmentation. So we would inevitably get to, to the segmentation and personalization part, which is kind of the important part and you can't do it without it. But even beyond that, there are uh, ways today where you can even get success out of one interaction, right? With, with the, the right understanding of who your visitor is, you can uh, do some uh, quick one-time customer success interaction with someone on uh, your store, right? So that's behavior, someone spending a bit more time on a product page than on others and jumping in at the right time with maybe the, the right message to, to see what they're looking for. Absolutely, absolutely. And you mentioned tools. What sort of tools would you use to find out target customers and who they are and what they're looking for? Well, I mean, uh, we, we have that as well. And, and uh, our product does have some building uh, tools that, that help with that. But uh, the, the tool stack is fairly vast, I believe, right? So on one hand, you have to start with customer support. You have to solve that. We, we believe customer support is a solved problem in the industry, right? We, we offer that part of, uh, of our platform as well, Tidio, uh, where you are trying to get all of your information in one place uh, through multi-channel, getting all of the, the communication in one timeline, starting to really piece up what the customer profile is. And then beyond that, of course, there's kind of a lot of work in marketing being done. So you get some information about uh, your visitors even uh, when uh, they first land on, on your page. But the more they spend with you, the more time they spend with you, you can start building out this profile, right? And it can be just location at first, and then it can be uh, purchase history. And then, of course, you have the information from their account, right, as, as they become more engaged with your business. So you slowly start to build out this profile, and then you find what they're looking for and what you need to, to get there faster. Amazing, amazing. And I love those examples as well of um, looking at like where they're based, especially as I think the, the world is getting so much smaller when it comes to e-commerce, isn't it? There's almost every brand we talk to um, here at my agency, we ask them like, are you expanding into another country? And the answer is always yes, or we're thinking about it or we want to. So then you've, you've got another problem and you mentioned segmentation already, actually segmenting them and going, how do people shop in France versus the UK versus Canada versus the US versus Mexico versus Australia? You know, and, and I, th I think one of the really interesting things as well as you say about uh, working with customer service is I imagine the customer service team have so much information about customers, don't they? They know what questions they're asking, what problems they have, and equally what they're trying to do. Yes. So with that, uh, we're kind of seeing that as getting them from zero to one, right? If someone has a question, you, you have to, to be fast, you have to answer it, you have to increase that customer satisfaction. So that's the, the, the part that we feel is a bit easier, but even still, you would be surprised how, how much work goes into getting to that kind of perfect stage of reactive support, right? So I don't want to undermine how, how important it is and the fact that it's still uh, time consuming and, and difficult. So uh, you're trying to, to at least get that. Uh, you have the, the fast response time, you have the customer satisfaction, you can maybe use some automation to answer some of those frequently asked questions. And then you go from one to 100 with customer success, right? And um, that's where you have to have some strategy behind it. You have to really look at your user base have to understand who they are, have to, and I know you're from a marketing background, so you have to hope that the marketing team did a really good job and, and didn't cast too much of a wide net uh, <laughs> with, with your traffic, right? So the ideal situation is to get 
traffic that has some intent already, right? And then customer support can jump in, be reactive, that's fine. But then what if someone has the intent and it's kind of on the fence, but they don't commit to to reaching out to your support team? Are are you going to reach out to them proactively? Are you going to wait for them to make up their mind? Or or what's the strategy there? And that's where uh, I, I have a lot of fun with our clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that word intent. It's I'm glad you've used it. It's a word I use a lot. And I guess there's for me, there's two types of marketing. Um, there's inbound and there's outbound. And that's a very well known thing in the marketing world. But if you've never heard of that, so if you're, you know, starting up your store or that's a new term to you, the intent levels, it's not the intent level itself is not binary. It's a complete spectrum of some people have really high intent, but they're not shopping right now and vice versa. But a really good way to look at it is things like uh, YouTube, Google uh, and Bing as good examples. The intent super high they're typing it into a box and going i need this like how do i fix my garage door how do i look better by buying a new shirt i want a new shirt therefore you have high intent at that stage whereas a lot of things like facebook instagram don't get me wrong we we all as marketing people we use the targeting as much as we can to try and go okay we're going to try and choose people that are looking at shirts at the moment they're interested in buying a new shirt so we're going to hit them with our shirts and an advert about that but you got to remember the intent's always going to be lower it might not be lower overall. They might be in the market for a new shirt, but they're currently on Facebook or Instagram. So they're not in a place where they're actively shopping, which they would be on Google. doesn't mean you shouldn't use those channels. Marketing all kind of works in, in one place. But I guess the, what you're talking about here with customer success, which I, I love the phrase, by the way, because I think it's, it's a really positive way of looking at what actually could be a nightmare of customer service and customers going, this is broken, that doesn't work. How does that relate into marketing? Like, so we, 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 bring the, we bring all the traffic in from our side and we sort of dump them on the website and go, right, here's the website. You're looking for a new, we use the shirt example. You're looking for a new shirt. We dump them on the website. Where do you guys kind of kick in in terms of customer success? What are some of the things you should be looking to do or some of the things you want to know to know what to do? Yeah, and, and I, I think I can even like almost tell you a story in, in the way we work with our clients because we have larger clients, smaller clients as well. We, we work with, with a lot of different businesses, um, mostly online stores. So that's, that's our main focus. And the, the thing I hear about the most is how much online stores are happy when they get their first visitors, right? You finally have the, the website up and running. Everything is going well. You see your first few visitors, maybe you, even your first 10 visitors, first 100 visitors and you might lose them all without uh, even a purchase, right? So uh, that's always kind of, uh, you can hear the sound of defeat uh, whenever you have a conversation with a small business owner and how much it kind of pains them to know that they were able to even bring the eyes to their store, but then uh, they they lost them, right? So, uh, and you're, you're right about intent to totally resonate with that, the spectrum of intent, but there is some intent, right? They got there. So there's such a big win already that you brought someone to your website and uh, then it, it feels uh, like such a loss when they don't uh, purchase, right? So uh, for us, it's even having access to the fact that you have a few people on your website right now. How many of them? Where are they from? What pages are they looking at? So uh, it can be manual. What are their problems yeah. as well? I, I mean, that's the other thing I always talk about is problems. Like yeah. what problem are you trying to solve? So, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it can be manual at the beginning. You have low volume, uh, but at least uh, you, you can, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people just look at that analytics real-time section and, and wait for the number to go from zero to one. And um, you can reach out to them, right? If you have the chatbot, if you have a chatbot or live chat installed, you can truly just type in uh, something and, and reach out to, to those visitors. But for scale, that's when you need to use some automation, right? Triggering the right message at the right time, um, not triggering something that's very general. So by that point, you should have some type of segmentation in place. And uh, then you can really kind of adjust uh, the experience of each user, right? And uh, the, the best part about that uh, is when 
visitors don't even know that they're going through a personalized experience, right? There's something about it, but they can quite put their finger on it. They, they knew that they enjoyed kind of their session, but they don't realize that they did because a lot of effort was put into segmentation, um, the right message at the right time, the, the right chatbot maybe showing a discount, showing a product. So it's kind of some standard even actions can go a long way. And uh, we're still seeing a, a lot of uh, online stores struggling to get to at least that must have setup. It's something we've been working more and more on, and it'd be interesting to see if you guys have worked on this as well. I'm, I'm sure in your 10 years, you've definitely touched on this, but you mentioned about like, the right product at the right time, the right message at the right time. And I think quite often when we mention that to clients or I talk about that, e even with just friends in passing and saying, yeah, we're trying to make websites more dynamic and more personalized and use the word personalized, which I think is really relevant for this. A lot of people then think there's going to be like almost like a bit of text on the screen that's like, hi, Nick. Would you like to buy this? Or, hi, Marius, you need some new headphones. And like, it talk about headphones. It's like, I think the, that's not the reality at all, is it? It's more like you go on a collection. And again, I've, I've seen so many good case studies and, and we're building some case studies with our clients at the moment to go, you go on the collection on Shopify and you've got your list of products and it reorganizes them because the tool you're using has seen you on another website or it knows what keywords you've typed in to land on the site. So it goes, we know you're looking for red shoes and we've got all, all colors of shoes here and you've not filtered it by red, but we're going to make sure that three of the first four are red. And it, you, like you say, you don't even know it's going on, but it's pushing stuff in front of you to which you go like, oh, I love that website. They've always got stuff I want to buy. And it's like, well, they, they've, as you say, they've done the segmentation, put a lot of work into that, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's the, the biggest thing. No one, no one really comes in and says, I want my website to be less personal and more automated. <laughs> and actually, we, we, hit, <laughs> we hit the opposite of that quite a lot. Uh, so definitely the, the point is, can we bring the real life in-store experience online, right? And, and when you go into like any store in, in the real world, you probably go towards the thing that you wanted to buy, right? That section in the store, the, the person in the store can see where you are in the store. You're not looking at bicycles, you're looking at boots, right? So uh, you can't really do that online unless you have a, a setup, right? That, that shows the admin of the website, uh, what you're up to. So uh, they can come to you and say, hey, do you need help? But even even beyond that, so the biggest problem I have actually with, with chatbots and, and with the industry right now is this um, perception that it has to be like, like a pop-up that will bug your visitor, right? So uh, actually, I would say that probably more than half of the automation that we do with our clients is something that happens on the back end and that the, the visitor, the end visitor will never see. So this is the, the thing that we always have to explain. Uh, so uh, people start with uh, kind of a blank uh, canvas and they need to set up their, their chatbots, their automation, their, their, their system, right? And um, they believe it always has to be a message that just says, buy more, buy more. So that, that's not the case. The, the automation can be a chatbot that helps your support agents know who this client is, right? This client has purchased before or uh, internal kind of notifications for your support team to know which products the client has purchased before. So that's when you can have a ton of automation actually going on and the client won't even hear a beep. So they, they won't even know that you're there and, and kind of making sure that they have a catered experience. I did have it once where I went on a chatbot on a website. I thought it was live chat. And then I realized after about a minute, it was a chatbot. But I was so impressed by it because I, I literally just landed on the website. I wasn't logged in. 
So it said like my, you know, log into my account or just purchase as a guest kind of thing. And I was, I, I just landed on the site and I ordered a product and the wrong product had arrived. And of course I was a bit angry and was like, it's this easy thing, you know, just put the right product in and send it out to me. You know, I'd ordered some men's shoes for me and some women's shoes had arrived and I loved this brand and they just literally let me down. And I was just really, so I went on the site and the, um, I clicked like, you know, to go through to the support team and then the little live chat thing popped up and it said, start a conversation. And it popped up and said, hi, Nick. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm not even logged in yet. And it was like, hi, Nick, was there a problem with your recent order? And I was like, I, my first thought was, how do they know? And maybe they know the wrong pair of shoes left the warehouse. And I clicked yes. They just gave me two options, yes or no. And I clicked yes. And then it said, was it your most recent order? And I said, yes. And then it showed me a picture of the product and said, was it this pair of shoes? And it was a bit like the kind of, you know, like a magician going, is it this? Is this your card kind of thing? And I was like, yes, it is those. And it said, what was the issue? And there were four options. And they weren't just in like a big old list. They were like one, two, three, four. And they took up even amount of space on the screen. So it's super easy for me to just go, there was an issue, wrong, wrong item sent. And it said, put them back in the box, take them to your local um, distribution place where you can, uh, you know, Royal Mail, we call them, your local post office. Just take it there, scan and give them this QR code to scan. And would you like this text to your phone? I said, Yes, I would. And I didn't even give them my number. It just sent straight to me because it saw my IP address and knew this is Nick. He's been here before. So even before I was logged in, it went through that whole process. And it was so seamless that I then told a friend of mine to go and order from them and recommended them and said, this, this, these shoes are amazing. Go and buy them. And then my friend came back and said, they sent the wrong pair out. And I was like, oh, have you been on the live chat yet? It's amazing. And he was like, he was like, no, no, I just, uh, yeah, I can't be bothered. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, just go on the live chat. And then you just, just drop them on your way to work at the post office and you'll get a replacement pair. And also they send the replacement pair out as soon as that QR code scanned. They don't wait for the item to arrive and check it over. They just send it straight out. And I was like, this is good. And it's exactly what you were just saying, actually. We weren't even logged in. And it was that, it was that telling the customer, um, you know, the customer agent about, okay, we know who you are. Therefore, is a, an agent going to have to step in here or not? And I'm sure if I clicked other on any of my answers, it would have said connecting you to an agent now. You know, you'll be connected in the next 10 seconds. And hey, Nick, what's wrong with the order? Like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, we can sort that out. We'll send another pair out. And so it's, it was so smooth and quick. And that's exactly what you're talking about, isn't it? It's, it's a chatbot doing its thing. But actually, it wasn't put in front of me. Um, you know, on the screen saying like, buy all these products. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and I love that example. It's uh, such a good example that encompasses the entire <laughs> cycle, right? And even the fact that you were so easy to disappoint, right? You, you had an issue almost instantly. So the first thing that popped to your mind when you were telling the story was that you were disappointed, right? And then uh, you can think about kind of how that happened and it, it can happen through like various mistakes and issues, right? It, it's just something that happens. And then what it took from them, the, the team to turn it around and, and kind of impress you, right? And that entire setup is obviously something that's probably like an A plus setup, I would call it. And it probably yeah, took a no lot one else has that. Yeah, I would say it took a <laughs> lot, a, a lot of their t time to, to actually do it, right? So they were able to turn it around, but it was so easy to kind of disappoint you and so difficult probably to impress you. But they did both, so that's awesome in one interaction and, and a very good use case. We we do see that it's hard to get to that point, right? You need a lot of knowledge, trial and error. You need to, to really uh, fully understand your business and even understand kind of the customer success space to be able to set up something like that. Uh, we recently started doing for doing it for our own clients on, on TDO Plus because we realized that sometimes people don't have either the resources, the time or the expertise to do it themselves. So we decided to kind of supercharge the, the, the flow and just do it for them so they get to something like that quickly. Uh, instead of spending too much time trying to, to start it from scratch. 
I think that's important. The, la- the last thing you want to do when you're, I think we both mentioned about, certainly when stores are kind of growing and scaling, the last thing you want to do, and I, I use this phrase a lot, you don't want to scale a problem. So if you've got a problem that people are interacting with your business bad and having a bad interaction with them or products are being sent out wrong or their delivery slow or they're damaged on the way in, the last thing you want to do is start posting a lot on Facebook and Instagram and running a review platform and having everyone going, these guys are rubbish because they're not going to come back. So the quicker you can, and I, I think we've had quite a few guests on before as well that, and we've kind of pointed at this and you must have lots of clients in this situation where actually sometimes you you look at a bad interaction or when there's been a problem as a problem in itself but actually if someone's had a problem they have to come and talk to you to get that replacement product or fix the issue or get a refund or whatever but now they're interacting with you and there's such an opportunity now that we're having a conversation so a yes we we need to fix the problem but b we're having a conversation now which means we're more than just the website because you've actually engaged and interacted with us haven't you yeah yeah and still if you think about it what if it happens on the weekend? Why, what if it happens at a weird hour of the night? And um, even today, I, to be honest, I, I'm, I'm surprised to see that you, you can go to some websites and just find the contact us button on the top right of the screen. You click on contact us. There's not even a form, just an email it's address. It's just a form yeah, yeah, or, or an email address. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yeah if form it would be a bit better, but when you see that just email address, you click on it, it opens your Outlook, you actually use Gmail, so you, you, you kind of get stuck into this loop and, and uh, then you understand why people don't uh, want to even communicate and just leave the bad reviews first, right? So at the very least, you need to be available, right? I, I feel like people should go to the bottom right side of the page and see some type of way to interact with the support team instantly or directly. And then uh, if, you, if you look at the availability, maybe you can create a chatbot that can take care of your availability 24-7 and provide a, a great experience. And uh, beyond that, you can, you can of course, go further and, and build something like uh, the thing you just mentioned. And I think tying this back to marketing as well, knowing that if I buy this product and something goes wrong, I can get hold of you guys quickly is so important, isn't it? I, I've always been amazed when I've looked at the, the contact page is such a good example. And I hadn't thought of that one. But yeah, the amount of certainly Shopify stores we're talking to about helping grow, you go to the, con- I always go to the contact base, go, where are they? Where are they based? You know, if we're going to work with them, I want to know where they are. If they're in the UK, I'm jumping straight on the train or getting in the car and I'm going to come and meet them. If they're in the US, then I'm going to book a time where we can talk to them. We're both online at the same time and respect them. You go to that page and there's nothing there. I've always been amazed to see how many customers look at the contact us page and what the conversion rate is if they view that page versus not viewing that page. So actually, if that page just says, as you say, an email address or there's just the form and that's it, and it doesn't even say where we're based or our address, the chance of people buying is dramatically decreased. And I think it's a really important point that, as, as we say, and I, I guess a, a good question to ask you is, what other things should people be thinking about when it comes to customer success or customer service to help pre-sale, to help them make that first purchase? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we, we always look at it from the two perspectives almost separate, right? First, customer support, and that's where, where you have to, to have everything really tight, right? So you need to look at the availability. You need to look at your ability to, to respond to questions. Do you have any FAQs that you can uh, respond to fast? Can you automate that? So going back to, to automation, going back to even AI in this case, right? Uh, people ask uh, the same questions in, in very different ways. Uh, so if you have a, a strong AI chatbot, you can perhaps gather them all into a bucket and then answer uh, appropriately, right? Instead of having the traditional if then type of setup where you have to anticipate exactly how a question was answered. So, so that, that's quite difficult and takes a lot of time. So um, th- that's kind of the, the customer support part and using 
I would say almost like traditional uh, tools to, to achieve maximum efficiency. And I, I do believe that today achieving maximum efficiency is, is at anyone's disposal. Um, and then uh, going to customer successes, okay, is this just a, an interaction that I'm having with a visitor or will it turn into a relationship? Is this the first of their many orders or the first, first and last order that this uh, visitor is going to have? So that's when you maybe add a tag, that's when you maybe uh, have your chatbot add a tag for you automatically, uh, depending on, on um, the, the visitor profile. And um, that's when you can kind of look at previous data, previous recommendations for, for similar users where you can maybe suggest the right product, uh, maybe you can help and, and uh, deliver like a fully personalized experience. So it goes almost into sales at, at one point, right? So you even go beyond customer success and you're turning this into more of a like a sales conversation. So we, we definitely uh, put uh, a lot of focus on that as well. Can we do customer support? Can we do customer success? And then can we increase the sales of our clients? I, I love that. I love that thing you just mentioned as well about the similar customers. So what have we learned about this customer so far? You know, is, have they just landed on our website and gone, I want this product, but I have a question. I can't see the answer or I'm lazy, which is also an element here. All that there's the option. I'll just ask a human and they can tell me the answer. Um, but I think I love the idea of going, okay, this person's bought three products so far and having the data immediately to hand to that customer service rep who can see that and go, most people that have bought three products will go on to buy more. So I'm going to consider that this person is one of our VIP customers. They buy from us all the time because I want to make that happen. So actually we're going to bump them up the queue. We're going to answer them really quickly. We're going to answer them thoroughly. I'm going to be more, more tempted to offer free things to this person. So if they say like, I've managed to break my product, if we say, well, look, we'll send you out a replacement for half price. And, and try and offer them something to keep them engaged. That's something I've never thought about. I mean, customer service is certainly not my my realm of expertise, but that's such an effective idea to, because I guess otherwise you've just got messages coming in and you don't know who they are. The data's there. You just, you, it's too long to look at it all and dig it, dig it, dig it all out and see how many purchases they make. But the data's all there. But yeah, it's just, if it, otherwise it's just this chain of messages coming in, isn't it? And it's like, you have to set a blanket policy for everybody. The problem is actually, if you made a few exceptions for a few people, you would get so much more revenue down the line from everybody else. Especially if you, if there was something to go, this person has referred three other customers to us as well. And we can see that in our tracking. Well, this is, you know, th this is basically a sales channel, this one person. So we need to be really nice to them and, and say, by the and at the end of the conversation, say, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, but we're offering 50 pound gift card. If you introduce anybody to our system um, or to our products or, or so one of your friends buys from us, we're offering you both of you a 50 pound gift card, you know, or $50 gift card. I think it's, it's so important to have that. I'd never thought about that at all, but I'm, I'm actually quite impressed. I think that's a really good, um, really good way to do it. Yeah, and then what, what do you do with all of these interactions? Do you mark those visitors, the, those clients in any way? Do you mark someone that has used a discount? Do you mark someone, of course, that has, has purchased a product? But even someone that keeps visiting your website, right? Repeat visitors. It, it, how many times does a visitor have to go to your website before you tag them as this guy likes us, right? Or, or this person likes us, right? Fifth visit, 10th visit. If someone spends more than half an hour, an hour on your website every day, right? Uh, at one point you might want to say, okay, let's put them in a bucket. And the next time when they come in, we might reach out to them, right? So the, the, the I, I'm gonna like call it the half, but I think it's more than half of the people that don't reach out to you and you should reach out to them, right? So yeah, we, we, we're really excited about building ways to understand, okay, someone has something in their cart, but they're spending a, a little, bit more time than they should uh, before going to checkout. Should we do something? Should we ask them something? Is everything okay? Or are they just kind of browsing still? So identifying these scenarios where uh, it's really appropriate to, to reach out and see what's going on. Mm. 
Or the classic one people do at that point, I find, is if you've if you've not already got your 15% off for joining the mailing list, once they reach the checkout, um, obviously don't interrupt them and offer them 15% unless, you know, they've actually gone through and given you their email address. But you might go, actually, they've sat on this page for too long and then and then actually give them the pop-up and go, you know, by the way, if you join our mailing list, you get 15% off. And that might be the bit that then, and you can track, did they give you the email address? Did they click the link? Did they come back in, you know, another tab at the same browser um, or same device and actually make the purchase, which I think is really cool. Repeat visitors. Now that's an interesting one. I fully agree with everything you've said, but my, my, my biggest question, and, and we, we have a challenge with this with a lot of clients is, how do, you, how do you track the repeat visitors? And obviously we had a guest on last year and there's not been a much spoken about this since, but obviously cookies are going to be disappearing at some point. So how do you track repeat visitors if they've not purchased? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are various ranges, right? Depending on, on uh, your consent policy, um, what the end visitor accepts or doesn't accept. And uh, of course, um, if uh, if you do get the, the purchase, it's easy. Well, um, if, if you don't, it gets a bit more complicated. I, uh, I think IP is still important. I think there are some minor things that, that you can still uh, tie it to. A title, but there's not nothing that's really as powerful as uh, as the cookie yet. There are some things coming up, so I'm not sure uh, how much I want to talk about yeah. kind of the, the the full future yeah. of, of the space. But just like um, uh, between the two of us, uh, looking at things <laughs> like like fingerprinting, right, and kind of behaviors that where you can see kind of behavior of a repeat visitor without actually identifying that visitor by something unique to them, right? So looking at buckets of repeat visitors by either fingerprinting them or, or just by their general behavior, right? What what if they're, they're kind of quickly getting to the product that they need or, or um, looking at like unique be- behaviors that, that uh, might uh, give you the understanding that they're 90% likely to be a repeat visitor uh, to their behavior. So there are there are many things that, that you can do and you don't always have to have it 100% right, right? You, you still can have just an assumption and uh, do something that doesn't really uh, impact them negative negatively so there's nothing to lose but uh if you do it right uh, you have everything to gain yeah yeah absolutely absolutely i mean I, I, sorry that was a really tough question but i thought i'd ask anyways yeah as you're obviously in the space but yeah i mean everyone's talking about getting rid of cookies and i know a lot of you guys listening at home um, or wherever you are at the moment um, i know a lot of you guys are in the us and you're not gonna potentially you're not gonna have the same sort of problem that we are in europe which is the eu are trying to kill cookies at the moment and they've been trying to do it for a very long time and I think, ironically, they make a lot of money out of tax. So I won't get too political now, but what revenue drops are we going to have in advertising and marketing um, as a result of not being able to use cookies and other bits and pieces? Um, we have all ignored, well, not all of us, but most of us have ignored the cookie policies to date. So we'll see, and no one seems to have gotten in too much trouble yet, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I do think I do think it uh, it has to work without cookies. So I, I, I yeah. yeah, I also think... Someone will find a solution. Yes, definitely. so uh, yeah, I, I think even, even today, so maybe repeat visitors is, not the easiest thing to do without cookies but even without cookies and even with even with like a very strict policy uh, around cookies and kind of tracking data of any kind it should work right segmentation should work you should be able to do a lot of behavioral analysis and that should help you uh, either increase sales or start the beginning of a relationship and then of course when when, uh, people uh, make their first purchase or create an account that's going to be easier but uh, i don't think we are as reliant uh, on cookies as it seems uh, even though of course it's, it's, it's like it, it is a huge shift so so people are very very scared of it uh, I, I don't think it's, it's going to be uh, that big a deal as it kind of continuously happening in europe over, over the last uh, few years and 
Yeah. And I, I think to most of us in marketing as well, we're just going to move from Google Analytics Universal to Google Analytics 4. And it's like, it will just work <laughs> and it'll be fine. So yeah, we're, we're certainly, I mean, everyone listening, home, we will have more on this over the, over the months and years as, as things develop, I'm sure. Um, let, let's, we've spoken a lot about marketing and, and people on the website. Let, let's talk about the other side of things and so about loyalty and loyalty programs and, and how we can actually engage someone after their first purchase. So we've obviously just had three months with retention.com um, and talking about retention and retaining customers. What are some of the things you guys find that you're working in as well, where you can retain customers? And, and I guess the, the big aim for pretty much everyone listening, I hope, and if it's not, time to have a little chat with your team internally. Um, but the main thing for everybody is to get more than one order from every customer because getting that first order, I work in marketing, acquisition is the most expensive thing. So what are some of the things you guys are working on that, to get those, those extra orders in? Yes, yeah, so it's also about building the complete customer profile, not just as an order is happening or the account that, that, that you're familiar with because they, they had their first order, right? So do you actually build a profile that can generate uh, reoccurring revenue in specific campaigns in specific periods of, of the year or reoccurringly depending on how you reach out to them unless you, you also want to wait for them to kind of return to your website so uh, for example in our platform we do build a kind of a almost what you would call a crm uh, for for um for not just uh, the people that purchased from from uh, your website but also from your visitors that leave an email address before they they leave right so we have kind of this lead collection mechanism and then we we build kind of this internal crm where you can keep a list of all, all of your visitors and look at the segmentation and from there you go you can go into email marketing right we have we have our own internal email email marketing tool uh, as well available in tdo but of course some people just uh, also integ integrate with like some of the the bigger uh, email marketing players out there and then really make it take advantage of that list right so um our list is about trying to collect either uh, an email or a phone number and then uh, see what you can do in the, I want, I want to call it off season, uh, when, when your visitor left your website and you're not really sure if they're gonna return, right? Are, are you emailing them? Are you texting them? Are you prepared for when they're gonna come back? And, and uh, uh, building this uh, through CRM, which is more like a success CRM, uh, but for, all, for an online store, which I, I'm not sure a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I mean, CRM, I. I'm going to make a really bold statement here. And as much as I love Shopify, I do think a problem has arisen with Shopify that I, I also don't think it's Shopify's job to solve and it is CRM. Pre-Shopify, so we'll call it the old days. Um, <laughs> in the olden days, pre-Shopify, people would run an e-commerce store. And if someone bought a product from, say, Magento, Salesforce, Demandware, you know, all these different platforms, um, when somebody bought a product, it would integrate with the CRM system, which the CRM system would be a sort of Salesforce, HubSpot type, you know, those are the more kind of B2B industrial ones out there. But there would be this CRM system where you would you, you would have somebody internally that would just track who are all our customers, what are they doing? And as you say, similar to what you're talking about. And I think Shopify, as much as I love Shopify, and here I am running a Shopify podcast, Shopify is kind of killed the CRM world and certainly for e-commerce. And I think it's such an untapped opportunity for so many people for all the reasons you've just said. 
I, I would advise anyone to have your Shopify store connected up to a CRM system and just start learning stuff. And I think the traditional, what is a CRM? A lot of people say like, well, all my customers are in Shopify. So that's a CRM. All my customers are in my email platform. So that's a CRM, you know, it, it, and you kind of like, but those aren't, those aren't proper customer record management tools. You know, your email platform sends emails. Shopify helps them buy products and purchase things and make sure they get dispatched and whatever on time. But actually the CRM is where a lot of the action happens. It's where the analysis is. It's where, it's in, and it should also be the central system that actually a lot of people still using them and using them well. Well, if you buy a product in a store, you go online, you phone up, however you purchase something, that central CRM system knows about it. And so for all the things you've just mentioned as well, you know, they've gone in store, they've looked at it, they've ordered it through the store. We know who they are because we've got their address. Make sure that's attached to their record. And all it, and here they are online buying something else now. So we, we can attach the thing and go, we, rather than, and the, the challenge is they buy five really big expensive products and you think you've got five customers and you don't, you've got one. And actually the fourth or fifth product, you should have made the experience that much better for that person so that they want to come back and buy a sixth or seventh or eighth product. And I think that, that, yeah, as I say, that kind of CRM piece in the middle, I think has been massively lost. I guess a, a big, really big question for you as someone who obviously works in, in this space. What, what's the big advantage to CRM? Anything I've not said that you're like sitting there going, well, okay, there's actually a massive reason that everybody should be interested in CRM, especially from, from the early days onwards. Yes. So um, I, I agree with everything you said. And the only missing piece was that it's disconnected. Sometimes you have a list which is almost as good as printing out a list of your clients and saying, who should I sell to the product next, right? So um, in to me, that's why we have this connection between customer support, customer success sales. And uh, we, we believe that the three go hand in hand, especially in online uh, stores uh, where, where you're trying to get um, uh, more revenue, right? So the biggest thing with this is actually the fact that you have a CRM that's more of a static thing, right? So it's almost like a list that you would print out of your customers and you can't really do anything with him. Uh, with, with the list, you, you actually need to have something that's a bit more dynamic. So in our case, we're talking about the connection between customer support, customer success, and sales, and a CRM that can recognize that someone on the list is on your website right now, right? So can you actually look at, at uh, the, the dynamic component and then tag that person uh, again when they reach out to the support team for the third time, right? Uh, do you have this dynamic list uh, that, that, that you can go to? And uh, of course, that you can use chatbots to automate. Um, so that's the the only piece that, that's missing. And the, the, to me, that kind of ties the entire customer journey together. Uh, and without it, uh, is you just have basically a list for, I guess, email campaigns, right? You can't even reach out to them directly. So I, I really kind of enjoy that part where uh, you, you're waiting for them to come again. And uh, when they go to your website, your system already knows uh, everything about them. So so it can uh, uh, trigger uh, the right message at the right time. And I think there's so much power as well, I think, in having, especially I think as a, as a business grows. And I think that's the challenge is because of Shopify and lots of other great bits of tech out there, a very small team now can run quite a big, what would traditionally be known as quite a big business, which then means that it does come with all the problems of, okay, now we need a customer service team. As you say, they need access to all the information. They need to know that there's been a year between the last two sales this customer's made. So this is a high priority customer. We need to talk to them. We need to make sure it is not another year before they purchase from us again, or, or worse, they never purchase again. You know, they were like, I bought from a year ago, I'll give them another go. Okay, they weren't very very good. And that's the worst case scenario of um, just having them come back once say, yeah, I think it's super important. Definitely. Yeah. And guess what? They, they might 
reach out via Instagram now, right? Or, or they might reach out to a different channel and uh, you will miss an opportunity, right? Unless you can connect their online presence together, right? Uh, we, we have uh, that functionality as well. Uh, we call it multi-channel. You connect it, you have everything in the timeline. So you don't treat seemingly different users differently. Uh, you realize that, oh, this is the same user that bought something and now uh, left a comment on our story. Uh, so that, again, goes into the CRM, goes into their profile, and it will help you interact with them better next time. So that's why it needs to be dynamic and not uh, something that you have in, in Salesforce. That's the thing as well. I think certainly when you DM someone, I'm not really down with the kids, but DMing is the right term. Um, but the uh, yeah, when you DM a business to say like, oh yeah, I've had a bad a bad situation with my product, the best thing is when they go, cool, what's your order number? And you give them the order number and they go, yeah, I can see that was sent out last week. What's wrong with it? We can get a replacement sent out. And you're almost shocked going like, I'll be surprised if the replacement turns up. Like this is, I'm just having a chat with someone on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I think as you say, having all those systems tied up means you can do that. If you don't have a proper CRM system, if you haven't got the information to hand and if you have to go, oh, the worst message I think on social media is you need to call customer service. It's like, no, it's like, great. We've got your order. Someone will reach out to you. What's a good time to call? And we'll deal with this for you. And you say, I finished work at half past five this afternoon. Like, right, we'll call you then. That, that's good customer. And that's it. I trust these guys. I want to buy from them again because I know they're going to deal with my problem. And also I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to them on Instagram next time because that was so successful. Yeah. So from the customer's point of view, you need to pull everything within the, the widget, right? Everything should be able uh, to be fixed within the widget. Uh, you should have all of those connections, all of that information. And we do have the connection with Shopify so you can easily perform even some actions with the orders uh, as a support agent. And then uh, from the visitor's perspective, they get everything done even without leaving the, the page. That's why even help centers are still uh, uh, kind of a love-hate relationship in my head because uh, most of the time when you go to help center, it does take you to a different page. You might get lost a bit. So I, I'm not a big fan. I feel like it's a bit uh, of an outdated uh, model of putting a lot of responsibility on the client to, to find their own uh, solutions. So I really enjoy it when, when I see clients setting it up correctly and just being able to deal with everything on the same page where the person bought the product from uh, in one go uh, within the chatbot without escalation, without having to send them uh, between channels. And yeah, I really love it when, when it happens like that. And I think the other thing is if you send them on a big wild goose chase around the website and the help centers try and find the answer, if they're not going to find the answer, just, just get them through to customer service now because every minute they're not getting through to customer service, a minute they're getting more and more angry and you, you, the trust is getting more and more broken. So if, if they land on the site and it's like, help center or chat, what would you prefer? And you're like, all right, let's jump on chat. It's like, okay, there's less frustration. If it's like, you need to go. And I, I do hate it when it's like, okay, before we put you through to chat, what's your problem? Have you read these articles? And you, we all lie and click, yes, I've read all of them. <laughs> all good. Put me through to somebody now. But um, but look, yeah, Maris, let's, we'll bring things into land here, I think. Um, you know, we're, I've, ju I've just suddenly seen the time and we're, um, we're having a good old chat on, on lots of different things. Um, before before we, we conclude, though, tell us a bit about Tidio. Like, how can people get in touch with you guys? How expensive is it? You know, it sounds great. Is it going to cost $5,000 a month? Um, you know, where, where do you guys uh, sort of start on the scale and how can people find out more? Yes, so of course, it's studio.com and, and you can find us there. And uh, we actually uh, did something different with our pricing where we try to appeal to the entire market. So as I said, we, we are, I believe, one of the most installed tools in the space for uh, customer experience for online stores. We have about 300,000 active installations right now, and it's across the range. So if, if you're small, you're just getting started, we have a, a free plan, we have a freemium plan, you can, you can do that and you can set it up and you get a lot of access to our functionality. So there's 
very few limits that, that would cause you any problems. And then as you grow, we, we have a pricing model that supports that as well. So uh, with some of our larger clients, we, we offer a plan called TDO Plus, and even that one starts at $284. So um, it's uh, still something that I believe is uh, a lot more affordable than anything on the market for the features that we offer, right? So as I said, live chat, chatbot, ticketing, and uh, we even have like, a, I believe, five, six AI features that uh, we've recently launched. So we're uh, taking full advantage of uh, the power of AI uh, and uh, trying to make sure that everyone can take advantage of that as well. Yeah, and on the topic of AI, just as a very funny point to finish with, um, I spent the evening with my wife a few days ago playing on chat GPT, telling it to write me short stories about really silly things. So um, yeah, lots of good stuff changing at the moment. But, um, but look, Maris, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was great and uh, yeah, have a nice day. Lovely stuff. And for everybody listening, as I said right at the start, we're going to be following this theme through for a few weeks. So make sure you stay tuned. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. And if you want to send some questions in for any of our guests this month, um, we're going to be talking about customer success for the whole of March. So send some questions in. We'll ask some of our guests as well. And um, make sure you check out TDO as well. So thank you very much for listening. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.